Welcome to Live Yes with Arthritis from the Arthritis Foundation. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Here, you'll learn things that can help you improve your life and turn no into yes. This podcast is for the growing community of people like you who really care about conquering arthritis once and for all. Take a moment to subscribe to, rate, and comment on Live Yes with Arthritis wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. Our hosts are arthritis patients Rebecca and Julie, and they're asking the questions you want answers to. Listen in. Welcome to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. I'm Rebecca, an occupational therapist living with rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. And I'm Julie, a JA patient who's passionate about making sure all patients have a voice. Thanks for joining us on the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. While we take the time to regroup here at the pod with Julie's departure, we thought it'd be fun to throw back to some of our favorite episodes that have been popular with our listeners over this next month. Since we just talked about mindful movement using Tai Chi and yoga, I thought it'd be great to go way back to our second episode on mindfulness for beginners. This was the only episode we were actually able to record with our guest in the studio. So that was a lot of fun in Atlanta. It was one of Julie and I's most favorite episodes that we've recorded and we've referred back to so many times. Not to mention one of the best cups of tea I think I've ever had in my life. So if you haven't listened to this episode yet, I highly recommend it. This is one of the practices I've tried to incorporate myself into my daily routine that has truly helped with my stress and anxiety levels. And right now, I could really use a little mindfulness. So if you've already listened, maybe you weren't sold on it or haven't found a way to get started, here's the first step. Do yourself a favor and just try it for a couple weeks and see how you feel after. Go grab a cup of tea, learn about some mindfulness. Mindfulness can do the body and the mind so good. I know I need this right now, so I hope it can help you too. If you're interested in adding mindfulness to your routine, our new Vim app can help get you going. With Vim, you can set achievable goals and find mindfulness resources right at your fingertips. Plus, connect with others to share tips and cheer each other on. Download the free app at arthritis.org slash Vim, spelled V-I-M, or wherever you get your apps. Today, we're looking at what people with arthritis should know about the relationship between arthritis and stress. And we're talking with some of the top experts in the field, Dr. Nicole Riley, an integrative pain management doctor and mindfulness expert, along with Meryl Arnett, a meditation and yoga teacher. I'm so glad we're talking about stress today because stress and arthritis are just not a good combination for me. How about you, Julie? No, they're an impossible combination. So today we'll talk about some strategies that we can employ to reduce our stress. Because sometimes saying no really is saying yes. Exactly. Our first guest, Dr. Nicole Riley, is going to teach us more about the pain-stress connection and how people impacted with arthritis can use mindfulness to combat their pain. 
And then after the break, we'll get some firsthand information from Atlanta-based meditation and yoga teacher, Meryl Arnett, who will debunk some of our meditation reservations and help Rebecca and I think about the first steps that we should take to incorporate meditation and mindfulness into our lives. Nicole Riley, MD, is an anesthesiologist who also has her master's in marriage and family therapy, specializing in mindfulness to treat chronic pain. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thank you. Happy to be here. Julie and I know all too well how it feels when stress gets involved with our arthritis. Can you explain how stress impacts our bodies in general? And what does that look like when a person is managing arthritis symptoms? Sure. When someone is feeling stressed, the body gets affected by the sympathetic nervous system being engaged. And what that means is, you know, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, and you're engaging that fight or flight response. So all the blood is being shunted to areas in the bodies that would help you fight or run away and away from areas that are not necessary, like your GI tract. So all the blood gets shunted to your muscles. And with stress, that engagement of the sympathetic nervous system allows for the release of cortisol and other stress hormones, but it can also increase people's problems with insomnia or worsening fatigue. And over time, it has you know a myriad of other health issues, you know, in terms of high blood pressure, stroke risk, increased mood symptoms like depression and anxiety. Whenever I'm really on the cusp of a flare, I know it because I have brain fog and fatigue and heightened anxiety. And then my swelling starts to crop up as well. And it sounds like stress can have an impact on all of those different areas, not just the swelling. Absolutely. Data that shows that the hormonal responses from the stress actually exacerbate even neuropathic pain symptoms and other symptoms, not just by creating more muscle tension in the body, but actually kind of reworking the wiring in the brain. So you get this centralized kind of reworking of the brain so that the body becomes more sensitive to stress over time. So it's like rewiring your brain when you have too much (laughs) stress. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I wonder what my brain looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's a mess. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, stress is something that we all deal with, you know, whether we have arthritis or not. So it's something that we all could stand to learn from, you know, to figure out how to navigate better. Are there tools that we can use to prevent that rewiring? What can we do to combat that in our day to day? The reason why I was turned on to mindfulness was for this specific reason, to figure out a way that we could engage with our stress with more peace and ease. And mindfulness, as it turns out, actually does rewire the brain so that you're having less of a fear-based, less of a stress-based response in your body and more of a mindful kind of like what's called top-down regulation, which is a more relaxed, more focused, more calm way of engaging the world. And that actually there's functional MRI imaging that shows, you know, over a course of X amount of time with mindfulness meditation, you actually get rewiring of the brain. Mindfulness has been shown in particular with rheumatoid arthritis to have effects, you know, decreased swollen joint counts, improvements in CRP levels, and basically improve pain regulation. Also improvements in immune function, which is important for people with rheumatoid arthritis. As a JA patient, I know that the impact of stress on the arthritis patient is huge, but on the whole family, I know that it can have a big impact. Have you seen, is there any research um, that would suggest that caregivers are more resilient if they add mindfulness into their life? 
Oh, absolutely. There's been a lot of research even for Alzheimer's and other, you know, people who are caregiving that you can improve your quality of life. You can meet what's happening, you know, in your loved one with more peace and ease, more equanimity when you're ever able to be more, more mindful and less reactive. As long as you're bringing your present moment awareness fully to whatever it is you're doing, that means you're being mindful. We encourage people to engage in informal mindfulness practices as much as we can, trying to be you know, as mindful as possible throughout the day. A lot of it is about just being present in the moment. Right, right. Feeling all the feels. I think that oftentimes, you know, especially in, you know, with my chronic pain patients, when I explain what mindfulness is, there's this general aversion to wanting to do it. Like, I don't want to pay attention to my pain. We get in this paradox where we, well, not with mindfulness, but with pain and, and trying to avoid it. When we do that, we actually in, end up, you know, worsening the symptoms or creating more pain and, and the resistance of it. You know, there's that saying like that, which we resist persists. Many people feel angry or betrayed by their body and they definitely don't want to be sitting in that, but being able to sit with it and we can increase our tolerance for what is already here. And we might find that it's actually less burdensome to engage with our pain when we can see how it fluctuates and we can see, you know, the subtleties and the shifts in the moment, you know, versus just having this one fixed idea that it's always here, it's always this way and it's always bad. It sounds like that by practicing being mindful, you mm. increase your body awareness. And so when you increase your body awareness, you're maybe better tuned into what, what really is your pain at that given moment. Absolutely. We can start to see the pain just as the pain versus the pain plus a story around the pain. Much of our suffering in life comes from the story around it. You know, the things we can't do now, the way that it's changed our life, which are all legitimate and they're important and, you know, they inform who we are. But if we can start to see pain as just the, you know, the emotional pain or just as the physical sensation without the resistance, then there's not that suffering, you know. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of patients, I myself included, that in thinking about being mindful with my pain... That's a terrifying thought to think about fully plugging in to this thing that I've been able to compartmentalize and close off and be resilient to. When you're talking mm -hmm. with patients who are afraid, what type of, of advice do you offer them to help them take that first step? Um, well, you know, some it depends. It depends on the on the the person that I'm speaking with. It's you know, it's very individualized. Even if it's just doing a really quick meditation and then increasing over time, but you know, just, just starting very small, very gently, you know, starting where it, it makes sense for you. Maybe it's an informal practice. Maybe it's a formal practice through a course, whatever makes sense for you. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Dr. Riley. We really appreciate you teaching us a little bit more about mindfulness and that it doesn't have to be a big, scary thing to try to get into. Could you give us three three key takeaways that you would want people with arthritis to know about mindfulness? Sure. Be compassionate with whatever emotions that are arising in the moment. We can't necessarily stop stress or we can't stop the pain, but we can certainly start to look at the way that we maybe are resisting it. If there is no resistance around it, then the suffering diminishes or goes away entirely. Bringing awareness to how you're engaging your pain, like what sort of thoughts are you engaging your pain with and seeing if there's perhaps a different way that we can start to interface with our pain with more peacefulness or gentleness or even kindness. It's something just to experiment with. Okay. 
Thank you so much. I think that those are some some tactical tools that people can use to reframe their pain experience a little bit. So that's really helpful for us. And we hope it's really helpful for all of our listeners as well. I hope it can help. The Arthritis Foundation couldn't do awesome things without your support. Your donation fuels our powerful movement to advance arthritis research and resources like this podcast and much more. Every dollar makes a difference. Give a gift now at arthritis.org slash donate. Joining us today in the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast studio is Meryl Arnett, a meditation and yoga teacher, co-owner of the yoga and meditation center Sacred Chill West in Atlanta, mother of two, wife and creator of the Mindful Minute podcast. Meryl, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm wondering if we can just start with what are some tips that you have for people who are thinking about getting started with mindfulness? Yeah, I mean, my tip is start, right? (laughs) It's so true because I think that you say the word meditation or you say the word mindfulness and it feels totally foreign and hard and the immediate image is somebody like sitting cross-legged on the ground looking so peaceful and happy and that's the furthest thing for most of us, right? right? And so the idea that you truly can download an app, that's such a great way to do it. There's a billion free ones out there. Mm -hmm. Sit down for one minute, five minutes Mm -hmm. and just listen. Just listen and look for a voice that resonates with you, that makes you feel good while you're listening. And that's what I would do to start. Mm -hmm. And then if you're really curious about it, there's a million ways to research appropriate centers you could go to or find online groups and really form a community around your practice. But just start. So when we talk about being mindful, what does that entail? So mindfulness is really made up of three key components. Those components are being present, so being in the actual moment without judging it. So there's no, this is a good moment, this is a bad moment, this is a boring moment. It's just the moment. And then with compassion. And compassion is this idea that I'm just going to be a little bit kind to myself. So even if I sit down and the whole time I'm like, when is that bell going to ring? This is so awkward. I feel like I can't do this. I'm still at the end going to go, I meditated. Great job. And get up and go on with my day. So the idea of taking time out to cultivate presence without judgment and with compassion is the ability to cultivate mindfulness. And it carries out through all of our waking minutes. Do you find that there's an appropriate length of time to give yourself those three things? Start with what you got. And if you tell me I literally have one minute, that's all I have, I'm going to tell you to do it in one minute. And you really can. Mm -hmm. I think gold standard, try to start with 10 minutes. You'll really feel something happen if you give yourself 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And man, if you do 20 minutes then it's like a whole new world going on, right? And it's it, you work up to it. And truly, the consistency matters so much more than the duration. So if you can meditate five minutes every single day or 20 minutes once a week, do five minutes a day, you will get so much more benefit out of that than one time a week at 20 minutes. It makes a big difference to be consistent. Absolutely. What about specifically for people with arthritis or living with chronic pain? How can mindfulness help them manage their pain, manage their care, navigate through their day-to-day? You know, I think one of the gifts of mindfulness is 
it gives us the ability to not just be in constant reaction mode, which is where we spend so much of our time. Something happens and my reaction is almost instantaneous. And mindfulness is starting to carve out this little bit of space between what happens and how I'm going to choose to respond to it. And you heard I just used the keyword, right? I get to choose <laughs> how I want to respond to it. So it's not like I'm dealing with chronic pain and I'm going to choose to be super happy about it. Let's be realistic. Right. right. Thank but you. But <laughs> it might be I'm having a really painful day and I have the choice not to make it worse by beating myself up because of it. So maybe you're having a tough day and you had intended to go out and run three errands that day and it's not going to happen. And maybe the normal response is, I should have done that. I'm never going to get this done. Now I'm more behind. I just let so-and-so down and I said I was going to do these things. Yeah. And now you're in physical pain and you're in emotional anguish. And you really have the choice to release the emotional anguish. You can't maybe change the physical pain, but you can soften how much you treat yourself with kindness or with difficulty around that discomfort. I think that's a hard part for people living with chronic pain and people with arthritis is just saying, it's okay that I can't get that done right now because I just need to rest or I need a minute or that's just going to have to go further down on the to-do list because... I need my time. That's compassion. And it's so foreign for all of us. I mean, that is not something that is taught to us as children is how to be kind to ourselves. We learn that we get better by beating ourselves up, right? We get better by eliminating the chocolate cake and shaming ourselves if we eat it. We get better (laughs) by being tougher and working harder and going faster. And the truth of the matter is that never helps us to grow. Psychology tells us for a fact we don't grow by beating ourselves up. We grow by being kind to ourselves. And so you know, I'm making a huge ask. I'm saying change the culture. And I say it to every student who walks in the door, arthritis or not, right? Change the culture. Choose slowness. Choose stillness. Start there. And notice what happens if you say, you know what? I'm just not going to beat myself up about this today. What happens? It feels so different. And then the cool thing is you go out and somebody's a jerk in front of you in the line at the post office, and instead of you getting all riled up about it, you're like, you know what? It's fine. Maybe they're having a bad day. It's fine. You have a little bit more capacity to be kind to others because you were just kind to yourself. I was saying to our previous guest that in having arthritis for 18 years, you learn how to compartmentalize, push that pain into one small box and keep it in a small piece of your brain that you try not to acknowledge. And the thing about mindfulness that scares me is taking the moment to acknowledge it peacefully. How have you helped guide people through those first starting phases? What have you given to people to empower them to take that time? So one of the things I do quite a bit is meditations that really just invite you to tap into your senses for a few minutes. So I might not say, let's pay attention to your pain for five minutes, because that sounds horrible. <laughs> yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. But I might say, let's pay attention to um, sight. Even with closed eyes, mm-hmm. you see like little bits of color, dots, things moving around behind your eyelids. Yeah. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to describe it. You see it. And then we're going to listen to sound for a minute. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if there's a kid crying in the next room. It doesn't matter if the UPS truck backs up outside your door. You're just going to hear all these sounds that are happening right now. 
And then, you know, maybe we're seated in chairs, and if we're lucky, we don't have shoes on. So we move our toes around, and we feel like, what's happening under our feet? Is it hardwood? Is it carpet? Is it linoleum? What's going on? What am I sitting on? And that's enough, right? And so it's just giving your body this sense of, it's safe to be here. Let's stay a minute. And eventually, if you do that, Mm. you'll be like, it's safe to be here and XYZ part of my body really hurts today. Yeah. And it's safe to be here. And maybe I also feel some sense of shame around that. And it's safe to be here. We build our tolerance for being uncomfortable. And that's a huge gift. That is amazing. It can be done anywhere at any time. You don't have to be laying down, right? You really don't. You. Um, so I have two little kids. <laughs> And more often than not, I end up sitting on the couch, turning the TV on, and being like, Mommy's going to meditate for five minutes. And I do it with one eye closed and one eye half open to make sure nobody's (laughs) hurting anybody else. (laughs) Present, without judgment, and with compassion. Wherever you are. If you're lying in bed today, lay in bed. Sit on the couch. Sit in your favorite chair. Doesn't matter. Wherever you feel the safest and the most comfortable. I've had arthritis since I was seven. And I'm wondering, how can JA families incorporate some mindfulness and some meditation in their life if they have small kids? Is it safe? Is it not safe? What do you think? It's incredibly safe. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the only way this resonates at all is if they see you doing it. Mm. Because I've tried all the like, let's lay down and do this cute. (laughs) And they're like, mom, I don't care. This is so (laughs) stupid. Right. But the minute I sit down and close my eyes, they're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Can I do Can it I too? do it with you? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Every mm-hmm. Even if I'm like, gosh, I really just wanted five minutes to myself, yeah. I say yes every time. Mm-hmm. Because if they say I want to do it, great. And the kind of rule of thumb is it's a minute for however many years old they are. So okay. for my four-year-old son... Four minutes is the max, and really, truly, it's more like three minutes for him, and then he's kind of done. Calm is one of my favorite apps, and they have a bunch of kid meditations on there. So I'll just play one of those, and we'll do it together. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that Calm has a lot of kid meditations, and one of the things that is intimidating about meditating or getting started is knowing where to look. Is Calm the place to go? Are there lots of apps? What do you think? So I think the thing is try them all. And find the voice that you're like, yes, that (laughs) voice feels really good to Mm -hmm. me because an annoying voice is going to ruin the experience for you, right? Right. So Calm has a lovely female narrator. Um, Headspace is a British male. And Insight Meditation Timer has a million different meditation teachers on there. So you can kind of play around. You can search for specific things if you want a meditation for pain or a meditation for anxiety like you referenced. Um, You can search for those specific topics. Some of them are free. Some of them you have to pay a little bit. But those three are my personal favorites in terms of meditation apps. So if we're going to talk about any key takeaways that we want to make sure people with arthritis leave our podcast with today... What would you say the key takeaways are for incorporating mindfulness into their day to help manage their symptoms? You can meditate anywhere for however long you feel comfortable doing. And if you do it on a consistent basis, you will feel a significant difference in the emotional tone of your life. That's the thing that I have noticed the most in my own personal practice is how much 
my emotional wellness has shifted because I meditate every day. It doesn't mean I don't get stressed out. It doesn't mean I don't lose my temper. But I'm so much nicer to myself when I do. And I don't hold it as long. So, you know, getting stuck in traffic and running late for something early in the morning doesn't then destroy my entire day. So if I was going to say anything, I'd say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. If you do have arthritis and you want to go to a live class, you have done the app, maybe you're trying something new. How do you ask for accommodations in the class so that you know you aren't going to be sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor uncomfortable throughout? So um, I would say absolutely do your research. Call the place that you think you're going to go take a class and tell them straight up without any hesitation, this is what I'm dealing with and this is what I need to be comfortable. I can't sit on the floor. What else is my option? And make sure that you feel like the person who responds is no hesitation. This is not a problem. We have chairs. We have cushions. We have a couch in our studio. So make sure that you're talking to somebody who without hesitation says, we're totally prepared for that. Come on in. That's such a comfort because you never, ever want to be standing out like a sore thumb and saying, oh, hey, guys, I'm worth us. Those moments where you can feel a part of a community that's all doing this together, those are some of the most helpful in healing and resilience for me. So that's great. And that sense of community will keep you meditating. And if you find either an in-person place or an online community where there's a live component and you feel like, I have some accountability, there are people that expect to see my face today, Yeah, it will help hold that practice sacred for you. This has been remarkable. I can just imagine coming to one of your classes or listening to your podcast and getting even more goodness in my day-to-day. So thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so much fun. If you have some time after the episode, check out our bonus edition of A Mindful Minute with Meryl, where we drink some tea and have some true connection to each other and to ourselves. We are going to do one of my personal favorite meditations. And this is truly one to three minutes. You can do it every single day. This is most mornings I do this because I drink coffee every single morning. Today, we're here with our cups of tea, right? So we're just (laughs) going to hold our cup of tea in our hands. And you're going to sit up a little bit tall if you can feel comfortable with that today. Eyes open. And let's just start with a breath. So take a deep breath in. And just exhale out a little sigh. And you'll start just by looking down at the mug in your hands and just notice the mug you've got today. So you'll notice the color of it, the weight of it in your hand. If there's a texture, you might rub a thumb or a finger over it just to notice, is it smooth? Does it have bumps or ridges? And then we're drinking something warm, so you might just feel the temperature there seeping through the mug into your hands. And just breathing easily as you notice temperature. And breathing easily as you notice the color of the liquid in your mug. And then just really gently, you're going to lift it just up close to your face so that you can breathe in and notice the smell. And following that smell, you'll just do it again. And as you breathe in, notice how far into the body you can follow the smell of your tea or your coffee. And when you feel ready, You'll take your first sip and let it be a small sip. 
taking it in and holding it in your mouth just for a second. Noticing the temperature, noticing where flavor hits you, and following the sensation of it as you swallow that first sip of tea or coffee. Noticing how the temperature merges with your body temperature, the flavor dissipates. And before your next sip, you just take a moment to breathe in and out and feel yourself right here, present, awake, in this moment. Thanks, guys. That's the, awesome! That is great. Are you kidding? Me? That's the, the best. That's the best sip of tea I've had in a while. Isn't it neat? I yeah. love doing that. Well, I kind of like doing that with my coffee because of the flavor of the coffee and too. the smell is that so lovely. Set. Right. And what a great way to just be mindful first thing in the morning. Yeah, absolutely, it takes that intimidation factor of if I'm going to be mindful, I have to set aside time to do it. I'm going to drink my coffee every single day. It, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know you're going to have your cup of coffee or your cup of tea or whatever, you know, your yeah. green smoothie, whatever you're going to drink. Yeah. Take one minute to really pay attention to the first sip and you've just started your day with presence. It's oh a great goodness. way to start. It's a great way to start the day. Thank you so much. My pleasure. This Live Yes with Arthritis podcast was brought to you by the trusted experts of the Arthritis Foundation. We're bringing together leaders in the arthritis community to help you make a difference in your own life in ways that make sense. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. The content in this episode was developed independently by the Arthritis Foundation. To download our new VIM pain management app, visit arthritis.org slash VIM, spelled V-I-M. For podcast episodes and show notes, go to arthritis.org slash podcast and stay in touch 